Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one, except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's that time again. It's time for guys of a certain age. Robbie Covalent's in studio alongside Jay Reed. And it sounds like you ate Art Shirley with that low of a voice that you're a gremlin, a goblin, an ogre, or some sort of thing that gobbled up Art. But Art's not with us today. Art is, is not. Moment of silence. Hopefully we'll be artsy, though. At least we'll have some art in this uh yeah, no, I don't. Thing. Yeah, just We're let doing. it go. Let it go. It died. It died a horrible death. Not art, but you know. It never lived. It okay. never lived. It never lived. How are you doing today? I've been better, but I'm all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm plugging through, pushing yeah. through. Yeah, it makes two of us. Hint of fall in the air almost. I mean, yeah. it's like great temperatures when you wake up in the morning. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm, well, I'm going to have to do yard work today because it's not 100 degrees at 3 o'clock. But, is, uh, is, that your, is that your barometer for when you do yard work? If you know you don't do yard work, if it reaches a certain temperature? If above. the neighbors are not complaining, if there's not like messages on, on the next door app about that guy's yard, uh, then, you know, I'm in good shape. Yeah, there you go. You'll you'll let it. Slide. It's just not worth it. I mean, this the heat not only keeps me out of the yard for the heat, but it also keeps the grass from growing as fast. So that helps. It does. It does. Cool. So, all right, let's jump into geeks of the week. What have you got? As I frantically search for mine, I have one that could get me in trouble. But what's new? It's it's it won't be the first time I've gotten in trouble well, here. If it's if you're asking what's new, it's usually not your geek. Right, right. Well, you know that's funny. I'll, I'll save this one for later. But I did have a geek that I thought was was timely and current, and I started scrolling through the you know the link in bio thing, yeah. and and I kept scrolling, 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 but I could not find the link. So I went back to the original post and thought, well, did they delete it or what? And it was from March. So yeah, <laughs> so that's but it just pulled up on my feed yesterday. So who knows how the algorithm works? On, well, that's probably exactly why the algorithm works that way because that's what I'm usually looking for. But anyway, as we record two days ago, a special edition. DC comic was released. Are you are you familiar with this? No, have no clue. Okay, so this is a it's it's supposedly put out by a character that I was unfamiliar with and probably will horribly mispronounce Gnort or Nort. He is, I'm not the DC expert. That's okay. Mr. Sherlock. Art is not here. Well, Gnort, and forgive me, Gnort, if I'm saying it wrong. I don't think Gnort's a real person. It's not. No. Uh, it, in in it's G apostrophe N O R T. It is a Green Lantern, and it is a dog, basically. Uh, some of the pictures okay. I looked at looked like uh, like Clifford the Bed, Big Red Dog in a green outfit, but then as you scroll through, he's, he becomes more, you know, he looks fluffy and friendly in some pictures and like snarly and mad in others, so I don't know what his real personality was. But anyway, for whatever reason, Gnort put out a DC swimsuit edition comic uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, really? <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> So it's got all your faves. It's got Batman, who um, I saw that yeah. picture of. Is he in his swim trunks and in his bat mask? And there's another a cowl. It's called a, a cow. cowl. He's wearing his cowl. That's right. Uh, Art really needs to be here, except yeah. maybe not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never mind that thought. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I say it got me. It may get me in trouble, but when you think about what superheroes in comics normally wear tight clothes revealing skimpy sometimes so this is probably just another degree of the same but uh, 
there is actually some story to it. There's a penguin story, which sounds even scarier because they kept saying, you know, in the tightest trunks you've ever seen penguin. And I don't want to say penguin in anything tight, but um, in any form. But anyway, it it interesting. We don't have a comic shop around anymore, so I'll probably miss it. Yeah, our comic shop completely closed, didn't it? Closed. And, well, they moved a lot of their stuff to the next town over, so they didn't um, Columbus? disappear there in Columbus. Yeah, uh, Or they, they like combined stores with somebody in Columbus, so that's sad. I think they're still around, but we do not have a local shop now here. So. Yeah. But anyway, Gnort's uh, DC um, Swimsuit Edition is out now, and you know if that's your thing, then then go check it out. But I, I thought it was like I said, it wasn't any. You know, when you look at at Wonder Woman in the, there was a couple of pictures um, in the article about it, and you know it looks pretty much like her normal. Yeah. Uh, except she's playing beach volleyball, so yeah. <laughs> there, there's some differentiation, but you know it uh, something something different. Something something different, actually. Uh, actually, Marvel has done a swimsuit edition before as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, then I'm not. I'm I'm behind, but not too behind. Not too behind. You're two days behind with Gnort's with, edition. With Gnort, and why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know why Gnort decided to do this. Yeah. Maybe you could ask him. Maybe you could put an interview request into Gnort. Hey, we could interview Gnort here roof, on the podcast. Roof, 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 roof. Have to translate. So. Well, cool. Uh, I'm sure Art hates he missed that one. Yeah. So, speaking of missing, it looks like Dune Part 2 is going to miss the entirety of 2023. Yeah. Art and I talked about that on last week's episode. Which I haven't listened to yet. <laughs> so, uh, pushing it to 2024, March 15th. So, so have you seen anything? When we talked about it, there was not a good reason. There wasn't anything specific. Well, the speculation is, you know, it's so it's so packed with, uh, with stars that they really want to bring out all the guns to promote it. To promote it. Okay, that because makes sense. this is the first theatrical run of Dune, if you recall. I mean, Dune Part oh, 1 that's was, right. re- it was, was a- released on HBO Max. And uh, with very well, you had promotion, but not like you would have a typical tentpole promotion. Now, was that dual? Was it both places, or was that was that when we were still not going to the theater? I think that's when we were still not going to the theater. Okay. I don't know. I may have had a limited theatrical run, but that that's my speculation. Others have speculated as such because you want to get all your your heavy guns out promoting it, doing the talk show rounds, just because Dune is. It's a pretty heavy subject, and mm-hmm. you know there's gonna they're gonna have to do a lot of um, a lot of groundwork to get folks in the theater. And Denis, the director, actually wants to do, do do a Dune Part Three, which would be based upon the second book, Dune Messiah. Okay. So he wants to make it a trilogy. Did you guys talk about that? We did not. So yeah. that's good new information. Yeah. To add to so that discussion. you know that's. But, of course, who knows how long the strikes are, are going to last. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think we talked a couple of weeks ago, or did we? I can't remember. The speculation that ES, that Disney may sell ESPN. Did we talk about this on it's podcast? It's been mentioned, but I don't know if we said it on air. Yeah, so there's a speculation that Bob Iger, the uh, now CEO of Disney, once and future CEO of Disney, um, may spin off ESPN. And the most logical source would be the uh, the most logical purchaser would probably be Apple mm-hmm. because of all the cash they're sitting on. They can literally bring a couple of Brinks trucks of cash to the house of the mouse right. and say, give us ESPN now. Mm-hmm. And uh, because apparently the MLS numbers with Messier, who is playing for the Miami major league soccer team, 
that has created such a stir on Major League Soccer subscriptions, which is Apple TV only exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, having ESPN in the stable there would really boost up Apple TV subscriptions. Yeah, I think we again. I don't know if we talked about this. We may talk a little bit about it. Yeah, but we were talking about the the idea that because of the strikes and because new content may or may not be coming out as quickly as it normally would, that ESPN would give Apple TV a little bit more to. Well, plus, well, yeah, but but also would give Disney money to pay for um, any WGA and SAG concessions, right? Okay. So, um, but I also find it interesting that um, you know, even as we record this, the Pac-12 no longer exists. It's a Pac-4 because there was the 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 Pac-12 disintegrated over. over broadcast rights because huh. the commissioner of the PAC 12 was trying to negotiate a sweeping financial coup windfall, ever big word you want to use uh-huh. for the PAC 12 schools to compete with what the big 10, and the sec is doing with their ESPN and ABC deals. Mm-hmm. And they could not get the money that the Southeastern conference or the big 10 was. And their last deal that the PAC 12 commissioner presented to the um, the member institutions was a streaming deal with Apple, which hmm. was heavily laden with uh, subscription benchmarks. So if you would boost subscribers by X amount, then each school would get X amount, and so they would not have a bonafide network to broadcast their games on. It would be all on a streaming. Yeah, oh. and so that caused um, that caused four of the schools or six of the schools to leave. Like within wow. within forty eight hours. So um, anyway, it's a rapidly changing landscape. Grief. So, but well, uh, I can see, I can kind of see why. I don't think your your average Saturday afternoon folks watching football just want to turn the TV on and go back and forth. That's why I'll be signing up for YouTube TV today so that we can do that. Um, you know with. First, first major football weekend this well, week, and you can do the four view on YouTube TV. Awesome! So that that's even better. I didn't yeah. know that. So that but I mean, I, but I don't know if it will work on your 19 inch analog black and white set that you still have. Well, I got an HDMI cable converter thing uh. going. I'm working on now. I'm gonna be calling you tonight when I'm trying to hook it up. Oh man, that's pretty funny. Well, speaking of old technology, um, I think you. You uh, canceled your Netflix DVD subscription a little too soon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because, you know, Netflix has announced they've got all these DVDs that they've got to get rid of. Oh. And so, Netflix announced a couple Mondays ago, or last Monday, that customers can keep any remaining DVDs they have after (laughs) September 29th once the service shuts down. Additionally, subscribers can potentially get up to 10 discs for free as the service clears out its inventory. I did. I did. (laughs) Man. You could have gotten everything that you wanted and just held on to it, and you would have it. Right, well, I just, I'm, I'm, does this mean I need to go home and resubscribe to uh, my landline and uh, cable I TV? Is there any reason? I don't think they that? will allow you to do, you okay, know, to well, resubscribe there. Well, well, I mean, you could resubscribe to your landline, but. Yeah, uh, well, there's probably nothing to keep there except my own no, phone, which but I you, owned. But you would have your own, you know, you'd have a pretty nice DVD library. I'm wondering, since you were a long time, a long time subscriber, if they would, uh, if they'll send you anything. I'll, I'll, well, I'll check it out. My goodness, that's I do know. Well, before they, I think we talked about this. Gosh, when I was doing it, when I was uh, about to cut that 
cord that I needed to go online and get my list of what I had ordered yeah. over the years. So if yeah. they're shutting down, what would you say, September something? Uh, September 29, I believe. Oh, goodness. The, I'm sorry. I need to go and figure that out, man. Today. 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 Don't do yard work. Figure okay. out your, uh, your watch list. From There's always time. a good excuse. There's always a good excuse. So it'll be cooler next week, too. Heat, Netflix, whatever. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, you, you shut it down about three months too oh soon. Oh my gosh, I will. You know, oh well, you know. But the, the trick is getting... That's, that's like when I sold my Walmart stock. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> uh, always hold, Jay. Uh, yeah. Always yeah. hold. So, All right, we're going to go to the break. We're going to talk Oppenheimer up next. As Jay has recovered from losing any semblance of a DVD library that he might have gotten from Netflix, we journey on to Oppenheimer. And you have finally seen Oppenheimer, correct, Jay? I did, and it was um, magical. Did you see it the same weekend with Barbie? So you did, did you do Barbieheimer? Actually, weekend? we did. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we did too. We did it the first weekend it came out. And we had so. problems with, both, with the projection yeah, of both movies. Yeah, so I don't think I want to go to a movie with you anymore. Well, the sec- the Oppenheimer problem was like an, a citywide or north citywide power outage, so it was not completely my fault. Yeah, but it's still. Think. But it's, it, does, it did seem kind of like bad luck. Yeah. Barbie just quit working, and there was, you know, of course, nobody in the projection booth anymore to fix it. So I had to run out and fetch somebody. And then uh, Oppenheimer's like the whole thing, like the whole theater went dark except for oh. the emergency lights. But, I wish uh, that was a little creepy. It was a little odd. Yeah, It's like an electric magnetic pulse went yeah. off somewhere and killed all power. Yeah, and of course the, the length of the movie required that um, like we, it was, we were about 20, 30 minutes into it and then waited about 30 minutes and the guy came in finally and said, hey, the, this movie's so long that we're not going to restart it. So Did go, they refund you? They wrote it down on, they didn't have any power to refund, you know, on their register. So they just like marked it on the ticket and we went back that night and yeah. watched it that same night. So. Yeah. Yeah. What time of day was, when did it go out? Oh, what? mid-afternoon or okay. early, early afternoon. Gotcha. Yeah, like the two o'clock show. And then so, we ended up going back at six or seven and, yeah. and watching it and everything worked. So, um, and I made it all the way through. Did you? Good for you. I couldn't believe it. Good for you. So you enjoyed it. Did, I did. Yeah. Did, what did Melissa think? I think she. I think she liked it too. Uh, I think I told you. I know I told Art at one point. I think it's the best movie I've seen in the last five years. Yeah, I remember you saying it was up in the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just the whole. I, I've not read the book American Prometheus yet, which it's based upon. Makes me want to though. Yeah. Uh, Cillian Murphy was phenomenal mm-hmm. as uh, Robert Oppenheimer. And, um, you know, apparently he, he did a, he put a lot of, of himself into that role. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I read, a, I think I may have told you this before. Um, it was, oh, Robert Downey Jr. And who's it? One of the other star leads, um, male leads in, in Oppenheimer. I can't remember. Anyway, Robert Downey Jr., another one of the, the male leads, they were going to go antiquing like a Saturday afternoon. They invited Celia Murphy. He said, no, I've got to learn the Dutch language today for for his... Um, for that one scene. For that one scene where he's given his speech in Dutch. Wow. And so he... Downey Jr. did comment he's never seen a, an actor put as much into a role as Murphy did. And he said, 
he said Christopher Nolan expected a lot from him. So, uh-huh. and this is not well, the first. Well, and and he's they've collaborated before. I, th- I read that. I can't yeah. think of what else they might have done, but I know that he's. Nolan uses a lot of the same folks from yeah. time to time. But. Yeah. So, uh, you said it was magical. What was so great about it? Well, I mean, I really mean it was magical that I didn't have to get up in the middle of it. But um, I, actually, in reading, I was, you know, reading the the Run P app stuff before I went in, and, and the the guy who chose the moments in the movie said, "Look, this movie." bounces a lot like it jumps the scenes are very short it goes back and forth um so it was really hard to choose moments not to miss or to miss and uh and that was absolutely true and what i didn't realize what i'd love to watch for when i go back and watch it because i will go back and watch this one when it comes out on streaming but i didn't realize this till i read it that he used color in a different way so most of the movie was in you know, vivid color, very vivid color. But some of the scenes in the, like the court hearing, not the court hearings, but the, the hearing where they decided about a security clearance. And then I think the, uh, the Strauss yeah. confirmation, uh, one was in kind of a faded color and one mm. was in like a start black and white. Yeah. And that was very purposeful because the, the, the faded and the black and white were like almost verbatim from the transcripts of those meetings. Yeah. Whereas some of the other stuff was, you know, a little bit more artistic license, but my understanding is it was pretty faithful yeah. to the book, at least, and to yeah. the story. So I just, I don't know. I didn't know anything. Probably the most I knew about the whole situation of the Manhattan Project was I, I have visited Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and, you know, been to the museum there. And so I knew a little bit about the project in general, but, um, you know, it was just fascinating in the sense that educationally, I mean, yeah. I learned a lot about the project that I had no idea about. Of course, Robert Downey Jr. I think was one of the stars uh, for sure of this really shown. And I think he said that this is one of his favorite movies yeah. to do. I was impressed by like, when you look at the, at the uh, list of the cast, incredible. And in some of them just very brief, maybe one or two scenes, very short it was almost like they lined up to say, "Hey, can I be in this movie?" Yeah. Uh, there were so many Rami Malek and uh, Kenneth Branagh. Um, you know, I, there's other faces that I recognized that I didn't. Gary Oldham is Truman. Oh, that was so good. I mean, I had no idea that was him until. I oh, mean, I, I recognized him, but then later when I was looking through the cast list, was Lyndon Johnson in that same room, or because somebody Lyndon Johnson was in the movie, but I didn't recognize yeah. who he was i don't know who i don't know where or at what point but anyway yeah, yeah there was just so many of those oh oh there's that person there's yeah. that person and florence Pugh was not i didn't know she was even in it yeah uh so all that and then i think just to since we since i mentioned florence Pugh, um i thought it was interesting that they portrayed oppenheimer as a flawed person not sure. just not just the communist stuff that took up so much of the movie yeah but as just as a man, um, he he made some mistakes, you know, or you know whatever you want to call it. But um, you know he was a flawed person, um, and he was, I guess, just kind of a real human being. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad, you know, maybe I think they maybe could have done a little bit, <laughs> could have seen a little less of Florence, but and still made the same point. But um, it was an interesting way to portray it. Yeah, I would have liked to have known a little bit more about what was going on in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and Chicago as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess yeah. he wasn't there. He wasn't so there. So that's probably why. Yeah. 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 
and maybe that'll uh, be the next movie. Oh, it was Matt Damon who Downey Jr. went out with. Matt okay, Damon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, What'd you think about Matt Damon? Boy, the- I thought he was great. What'd you think? I thought he did a great job, but I have trouble seeing Matt Damon without thinking boyish. I don't know. There's just something about his face. You wanted him to ask at some point, how do you like them apples? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. But but no, I think he did a great job in the role. And when I looked at pictures of the actual General Groves and, yeah. and him, I mean, he was the right guy for the sure. for the part in that way. He did a good job. I just, when I, I, I think some of those actors that I've grown up with, in a way, and seen from the beginning, that uh, it's just hard to see them in grown-up roles to a, to a degree. Yeah. You know, it's Mark was rewatching uh, Batman Begins uh, a couple nights ago, and it, it great movie. I love his, I love Nolan's Batman trilogy, but it it's hard for me to reconcile the guy who directed arguably the greatest superhero movies of all time has made probably one of the best movies of the 21st century with mm-hmm. Oppenheimer. Yeah. And uh, it's just really incredible the way that that has, that has worked out. Um, I think it's going to sweep everything at the Academy Awards when we have the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sue Murphy should win best Oscar. Um, best actor. Yeah. Yeah. Best, <laughs> the best Oscar for, Oscar actor. for best actor. Yeah. The best Oscar for actor, the best actor for Oscar, whatever, you know what I'm saying? He should, um, he should pull that. Florence Pugh probably should get supporting. Um, you know, and pick your poison of who who's going to win Best Supporting Actor. You know, Downey for, should have a strong. Oh contingent. gosh, he should. He absolutely. But I mean, it, it's Nolan's Oscar for director to lose mm-hmm. and for you know best movie. So, do you think with the Batman comparison, was he just a great director who? had a shot with some superhero movies and did a really good job or was he, you know, is it the other way around? Was he, did that, was that the proving ground? And then he showed himself, you know, I, well, I think inception is, was the turning point for him. Of course, memento was great. Um, Dunkirk. Did you watch Dunkirk? I don't know that I have. Yeah. I need to go back. Yeah. He did Dunkirk. Yeah. He did Dunkirk. I always get, uh, 1918 and Dunkirk mixed up. He did Dunkirk. Okay. Cecilia Murphy's in Dunkirk as well. Uh, Okay. And if I remember correctly, and Art, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, Dunkirk was the one that portrayed, yeah, I I am right. So the one that portrayed the battle of Dunkirk with three different viewpoints going on simultaneously in real time. So you had, um, you had an air assault, you had a naval assault, and then you had, troops landing okay and uh, just a real amazing piece of cinema um but anyway i i think nolan is i mean interstellar inception um i never saw uh tenant i have not seen tenant did you I saw see that yeah I, saw, I think i saw that in a theater it it, it it was kind of hard to follow which i think maybe was the intention but yeah uh, yeah, but it was it was good. It was well done. I just it was just hard for me to keep up with. Yeah, um, I really liked um, Interstellar mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I just think he's a fabulous director. No CGI, no computer generated imagery in this, but a, a fair amount of visual effects. So everything that you saw had a genesis in a in an actual captured image. Okay. And then it was enhanced. Okay, so even like the mushroom clouds and those yeah. sorts of things. And, yeah. yeah. So he didn't really build a nuclear bomb and set it <laughs> off. There's speculation that he was going to do that. But um, 
Yeah, man, just the the way they they portrayed the detonation of uh, was just pretty incredible. Yeah, and I, I I've heard some talk shows talk about it and read some things, and so some of this is derives from that what I've heard other people talk about. But I, I think it was interesting the way that they portrayed the whole political side of it, you know, without saying, you know, because obviously you go into something like this, and the question is, did they do the right thing? Was the bomb was creating the bomb a good thing or a bad thing? You know, and there's all sorts of arguments on both sides, and I think they did a really good job of putting the argument out there and laying a case, you know, on both sides, but without really answering the question yeah. or trying to answer the question. It's just this is what happened. Yeah, this is what they said, and apparently, and you could see when the first bomb was dropped, and Oppenheimer was speaking to the people, I guess, at Los Alamos. Yeah, and you could almost kind of see in his face the turmoil like did we do the right thing but at the same time we've saved lives american lives and that sort of whole drama going on inside you could see it but apparently he said he did actually say something very close to that yeah uh, in in real life so i am death destroyer of worlds i become mm. death destroyer of worlds um you know the film received some criticism in that they did not show the nagasaki or hiroshima aftermath they didn't portray the the dropping of the bomb mm-hmm. and the horrific aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some criticism when the movie was released, and Nolan said, "You know, we're not glossing over that, but that's not this story. This is the story of Oppenheimer." Mm-hmm. And um, I I'm glad they didn't really get outside of that that focus. Mm-hmm. On, on Oppenheimer. It was mentioned, but yeah. not graphically shown. Yeah. And that, I mean, good grief, it's already three hours. It, yeah. To, to tell the story, and it didn't seem like three hours. Yeah. Did not. But, uh, I mean, it's probably the most, one of the most engaging, I don't have, there's not a lot of three-hour movies yeah. that I would go to. I mean, some of the Marvel stuff's been a little bit longer in DC, but, um, yeah, I'm, I, I didn't feel like I was, you know, I wasn't looking at my watch. I might've been looking at it, but I wasn't looking at it to see how much longer is this. Yeah. Yeah. It was fast. It, it, um, the story moved expertly directed, expertly acted, um, and just tightly edited. Uh, Art and I had a little bit of a side conversation about the first couple episodes of Ahsoka mm-hmm. and those and we'll talk Ahsoka in a few weeks when it finishes up but I was pretty disappointed because I felt like the pacing in those episodes was a little lacking and they could have been tightened quite a bit I had to go get a snack to stay awake uh, yeah <laughs> and but Oppenheimer man that story just moved and I love the way they um they inter they interwove the three narratives mm-hmm. and um I just thought that was incredibly well done yeah so, and Emily Blunt I mean there's, there's a star we haven't mentioned yeah. yet I mean she was incredible yeah um and I, <laughs> she's one that I did see a picture of the actual kitty and and Emily Blunt and they didn't look as much alike as yeah. some of the others did but yeah um but yeah she did a great job and uh, you know Rami Malek turned out to be you know, a key player and yeah. you didn't see much of him at the beginning. And, um, you know, I didn't recognize the guy who played Einstein until I looked him up, yeah. you know, to see who he was. And, you know, then I reckon I can't remember his name, but or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was great. Now I did read that the, the conversation with Einstein in the closing scene, which was also kind of at the beginning. Yeah. Wasn't actually with Einstein or what he said that he asked him. He actually asked somebody else. Yeah. So there was some artistic license, but but I loved 
that Einstein was in it yeah. and, uh, you know, played a role in, in, you know, he's just an interesting character to me in general. Um, and I wish I could remember some of the other names, but, uh, you know, in the Senate confirmation, all those guys and, um, yeah, it was just, I don't know, it, just one of those that will stick with you. Will you watch it again? Oh, yeah. 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 Because I'm sure, even though I was there the whole time, I'm sure there's stuff I missed just because yeah. it moved back and forth so quickly. And I'm going to think it's an it's going to be on on Max, HBO Max at some point. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be it's the, about time for subscription renewal, so I guess I better keep it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, especially going back to what I said about the color and the black and white and then the the faded color. I, I want to go back and watch it with that in mind sure, and see how, you know, it, maybe it affected me when I watched it and just didn't realize it, but sure. I, I want to go back and see it that way. Excellent. Any other thoughts? No, I mean, I, I don't know if it's, Oh, well the, it is. I did look it up before we came. It's um, as of now, it's like 770 million globally. So they anticipate that it will hit a billion before the, wow. The year's out. And, that I heard somebody else say this or read it, but you know, the fact that a three hour movie with that difficult a subject sure is going to hit that mark or could potentially hit that mark is, is a, is a big deal. So is Nolan the top director out there right now? Uh, he might be, he might be, you know, I think it's a he's at the top of his game. I'll be really curious what he comes up next. Yeah, with. and this one, like you were saying, you listed some of his, you know, Inception and Tenet, yeah. some of the other ones that are harder to follow. This is biographical, and um, it, it's a different different feel than than his normal yeah stuff. And so I do think that it shows his range. You know, I I saw something yesterday where he he had a budget set. And so, you know, you go into a movie like this, you've got a large pot of money and you've got to, you've got to divide into to filming days and what you can get done and set design and all that. And he wanted to build out uh, Los Alamos. He wanted to build out a physical town. And so he cut 20 days of shooting from 70 to 50 days so that they could actually build a town wow. and use it there. And so I thought that was pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not even sure where they built that set at. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not in, you know, New Mexico, but, uh, um, or, or yeah, Los Alamos, New Mexico, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah not Arizona. So. Um, but I wonder how much tourism has gone up. Uh-huh. Um, I, where are they? I, I well, think you can go to the Trinity test site and tour it actually. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. I'm not sure, but I've been out there, but yeah. Yeah, so, would, you know, if somebody was enterprising enough, you should be doing Oppenheimer Breaking Bad New Mexico tour, you know. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will. Yeah. Well, yeah. Field of Dreams is still there. You can still go to yeah, Field of Dreams. Yeah, sure but, somebody you know, will do. flying to Albuquerque, do your do your Breaking Bad tour. I told you I did that, right? No, no. Yeah, I had a, had a project out in um, Albuquerque a few years back and rented a car and did my own tour of Breaking Bad sites. So drove past uh, Walt's house, you know, where they threw the pizza up. I've never seen it. So I'll yeah, take for it. Uh, the car wash, um, went to the Los Pollos Hermanos where Gus Fring was. Actually ate, I've got a, I've got a, uh, uh, 
I've got a cup from uh, from from there. Actually, ate, ate lunch there. Um, so yeah, yeah, you could do that. Then you could go and tour the uh, Trinity test site and do your Oppenheimer tour. And it's a million dollar idea right there. Well, that I'm sure you're looking for something. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. All right, well that'll wrap it for us this time. Go see Oppenheimer. We two of the three guys hardly recommend, heartedly recommend, hardly, <laughs> heartily, heartily. heartily recommend. But we don't know if Art he hardly recommends it because I don't think he's seen. I don't it think yet. he's seen it yet. Yeah, maybe we can get him to go see it and get his his take on it. So, all right, thanks for joining us. See you next time.